podcasting. Yeah, we're we we've got the angst of the FP off our shoulders. Yes, and we're moving that away. that dread has passed, and uh, a podcast is pretty much I think we're gonna have similar thoughts on. So less entertaining. If you want to, if you want to stop listening now, we're probably gonna agree on a lot of stuff. Well, I, I, you know, I wonder how the FP the podcast is gonna feel for people. Because I mean, it's gonna it, it, it's got a lot of a lot of sexual tension in that episode. So the you know <laughs> people who are shipping Vinny Diego, <laughs> that is your episode to listen to. There's drama. Oh, there's drama. But there's no there's no good conclusion to it. There's no like fight or something at the end. No, no, we, we like each other too much, and we like to continue seeing each other. So we fell into this podcast through a friend of ours who I like through random interactions. He had kept on asking me, "Oh, like in this movie," and I went, "What movie is that? I've never I've seen never fucking heard of that thing." Until he finally went, all right, we're having a movie day. day. And I watched three movies at, like, what, seven or eight hours worth so of that's movies. A, that's a long day. Like, three movies in a day is a... Uh, it is, which is why I skipped the last movie marathon. He just tells me it does not schedule them when I'm free. No, I can... Yeah, that's a problem, too. But I still... I also don't always want to... If the day's crappy outside, mm-hmm. sure, I will hide in the, co- the, the cove and... yes. But in any case, so I watched them, and then I watched these, and I immediately went, Vincenzo has to watch these, and there we are. Now, we're going to do a little bit of a spoiler-free fingernail sketch, because one of the, this film festival had a very unique quality, which was films that have something of a twist at the end. Some of them are more predictable than others. I actually don't think there was one I didn't predict, but but that's okay. They're all pretty obvious while watching them, but I mean, I like the journey. Though. Yes, they all have very good journeys. I think one, of, I think at least, yeah, they're all worth the journey. I think they're all worth a watch. So we're gonna we're gonna do a quick review that doesn't spoil you in terms of what that twist is. I mean, it might spoil a little other stuff. I mean, I think we kind of already spoiled that there is a twist in all of these films. Right, I, I think, I went in knowing that. I'm not, yeah. that I'm not too shy of. I mean, I'd be interested to see if, how you feel these films, if, they, if you didn't know, like, there was a twist coming. Well, we have three movies. The first is a movie called Digstown, which apparently was also known as Midnight Sting. And it's a con movie. And you know that pretty much going into it. And in a con movie, you know there's going to be... There's always some some sort of weird, dumb twist at the end. Right. And then you have a psychological thriller. It can go either way, but they're really framing you for it. Like, like it's not like they're they're hiding or being deceptive with you. They want you to not know what's going on. And a movie that doesn't want you to not know what's going on... Like, so The Game, which is the movie I'm talking about... Not to be confused with the rapper The Game. No. Or The Game, The Game. No. This is... The movie called The Game with Michael Douglas. It's like they're basically gearing you to know that. And then I feel like in this day and age, even if you don't know anything about the movie The Usable Suspects, you've heard something about it. You've heard the name Kaiser Soze. Right. Actually, I I don't feel like I have. Oh, see, I feel like that's just kind of been this omnipresent thing that I've heard. And I assume it was like Street Fighter. And I, I didn't really know that there was a twist ending, but I knew that I, I knew the actors in and I knew it was supposed to be good. That's basically it. I didn't have any idea about the premise, but it was still in my like group mind. It's the only one existed. of these movies that I think 
uh, still has a impact factor in the broad culture. Absolutely. But the problem is that, again, when you have a movie like this one that starts at the end, they're gearing you for a twist. Yes. So there's not a movie that we watched within the series that didn't, like, lead. Set you up for something at right. the end. And let you know that that's what they were doing. And I mean, I think of the three, The Usual Suspects is the only one that is going to be pulled up to multiple viewings. I don't... I, I disagree, but only to a point. I disagree in that, A, as we know, I'm... Uh, like you, I think, I watch movies to death. Yeah, so, like I will rewatch and rewatch movies. Oh, I don't rewatch movies at all. I rarely do. I thought you did. I try. I almost don't. I don't. I'm always afraid I'm not. I'm gonna miss a big movie someday. Why buy them then? Then I want to hear somebody else them. Or they might. They might, not, they might not stream someday. Well, the I'm, collection must be. But the collection must be perfect. Yeah, but if, even if they're not gonna stream one day. What if I? What if I might want to watch it someday? You're such an odd dog. I am afraid of of the inability to watch that movie. But in any case, I watch movies a lot, so I do have a higher tolerance for this. But I also think that, in my mind, it's just a matter of rewatchability is more of a spectrum than a yes-no. So, like, Digstown, the game, am I going to rewatch it next year? No. Am I going to rewatch it in five years? That's possible. I'd say maybe 20. You realize now I'm just going to set you up to watch it within, like, two years. I don't know how you pull that off so easily. I'll all figure it out. I know you. You're not as clever as you think you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I am clever. Um, so we're going to do our quick, uh, somewhat spoiler-free reviews now. It's going to last about... Sw- it'll be clearly marked in the description of the podcast. Yes. So you can skip past. Also, you'll we'll, we'll very clearly say when we're done you're not spoiling films. But yeah, if you like skip through us a lot, then you should listen carefully to that. So I don't know why, why anyone would do a podcast like why anyone would listen to podcasts that way. I don't either, but I mean, I'm sure someone does. Well, those people are wrong, and if you're one of those, I don't want you to be a listener anymore. Wow. There you go. Well, I already like. I think I might have already pissed off some people about who listened to us in the last one. So, so moving on with our new reduced audience. Yeah, like we like we have an audience to reduce. Three people, I'm sure, that listen to us still. Oh, man, that's, uh, you've got a higher faith than I do. I haven't released an episode in, like, three years. You're making fake posts. Oh, that's not cool. All right, so... It's way too much work to make fake posts. <laughs> so, by happenstance, we watched these movies in the same order, so we will discuss them in that order. Now, we should know that we didn't watch them together. We just watched them in the exact same order hence by the, chance. Hence the use happenstance. It's not happenstance. We're in the same room. We're, we're in the same room with two different screens. All right, so Digstown stars James Woods, Louis Gossett Jr., Bruce Dern, Heather Graham, Oliver Platt, and some guy no one knows. Well, someone knows. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb. Some, someone in our audience knows, and we'll yell at me. And Vigo and the Carpathia. He was the, four, he was the old wrestler. Who's the old boxer? Oh, yeah. Now that you say it, I'm like, nope, he's Vigo. I, I kept was like, is that Vigo? That is Vigo. He's Vigo. He doesn't say a word in the movie, but he's Vigo. No. All right, so it was directed by Michael Ritchie. And I'm amused that it is, at least in the Wikipedia, 
referenced as an American sports comedy drama film. I pretty much give it all those. I'm not saying it wasn't funny at parts. I do not consider it a comedy. Oh, I would be, I, I view it as mostly a comedy. Like, it's, it's... It's a hustle movie. Yeah, which could be easily be a comedy. Eh. Hustle's a plot. Comedy's a, uh, different than, than, I think, those are, those are two different... I don't... Those are two different things in the Chinese food menu. There's a lot of violence that happens. Yeah. That removes it from being a comedy for me. Yeah, you can have comedy and drama. I, I don't see what, why one precludes the other. And I don't see why lynching precludes comedy. We're shooting out a... Uh, its music is done by a surprisingly famous James Newton Howard. <laughs> Considering that this is a movie that I've mentioned to people since I've watched it, and without question, every single one has gone... The fuck? What? <laughs> What's that? Gotta get consistent. Never heard of that thing. No one's ever heard of this movie. Its budget was seventeen million. So pretty scant. And it took a heavy loss. Yeah, I I imagine this film has not made as money back to this day. I can't imagine how it would. I mean, it, it was. I mean, we we watched it out of a um, set of six films. So mm-hmm. now, uh, all right. So let's talk about the cast for a bit. James Woods is... I've seen very few things with him in it. But he's... It's just awesome. Like, so... But in any case, let's... Okay, so the plot... Because I, I realize we're just doing a brief review. Yes. Not in a, that review quite yet. So a brief review. The plot is that... Uh, there's a con being set up. You don't really know the details of it. But you know that James Woods and Oliver Platt are working together to try and pull a fast one on this small town. Uh, which is basically run, much like Roadhouse, it's bit, by one guy. I'm glad that you, you and I think of say this. It's like, this is like Roadhouse, except that instead of Patrick Swayze, I've got James Woods. Which, you know, I'm, I'm surprisingly I, okay with. I, I, I would rather watch Roadhouse than any, time, any day of the week. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those, you know, Roadhouse has a special place in my heart. Of course, but and I like Roadhouse a lot, but I like this movie a lot too. And it's a weird kind of like, it's a weird sports movie. Yeah, no, it, it's because it's the sport is boxing. Our our con surrounds boxing. Yes, like all good cons should. Boxing is a good hustle sport. It is, and really, there's not too much more I can say about it because I don't want to spoil it. But just really quickly, I felt the acting was great. The acting was always really goes good. I think that's the strongest part of the film. Um, the plot is easy, but the actors just make it their own. The plot is a very popcorn movie kind of like disposable plot. Absolutely. The actors make that rise above making an entertaining film. All right. And I will say that I, at least, I never quite knew what the twist was going to be. You knew just a, that there was going to be one. You, you know, no, no, that, that's, that's right. You don't know what it's going to be, but you know they're going to pull something out when they need to. And I will say that when I found, when I, when we got to it, it was a bit disappointing. It felt kind of flat. I, I did a little cheer for James Wood. It's not like, yeah, well, but, yes, like, but still. Like, oh, you know, that could have been a little, a little cooler. It could have been. Um, 
But I recommend watching Digstown at least once if you like puzzle movies or sports movies or anything. This, this feels like it should just be streaming somewhere petrolly. It really does. Like, this is the kind of cheaper movie that just yeah. should be streamed. It should just, you know, you should go through watch it, hop it on. Mm-hmm. It also has Louis Gossett Jr. Iron Eagle! <laughs> I haven't seen them. Oh, you haven't seen Iron Eagle? Well, I feel like we're through a series of danger zones to catch up on all the like danger, zone, pent up danger we have. Maybe because it's been like it's been a long time since I watched Iron Eagle. <laughs> um, all right, uh, so it has a great cast. So keep that in mind. Moving on, and we'll get back to this after you know our non-spoiler break. Yes. Moving on, we have a movie. Kirk Douglas called... Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, thank you. I think oh, I think Kirk Douglas uh, is playing his father at the in the opening uh, videos. It's possible. They don't credit him, but it looks like Kirk Douglas to me. But in any case, called The Game. Uh, looking for it. Looking for it. <laughs> the problem go. is it's called The Game, and you'll never find it, because... I got it. As I mentioned, there's a board game and a rapper also called The Game. So we have a movie by David Fincher starring Michael Douglas and Sean Penn, which was an odd combination, but it grew on me quickly. It, it worked. Um, again, not going to go into too many details. Do you want to? I'll, I'll, I'll take the game. Okay. So Michael Douglas is playing a wealthy you know, West Coast bank type, you know, pressed white shirts, the whole nine yards. Super wealthy. Super, yeah, absurdly wealthy. You know, old. You know, seems like old money. His father, you know, you know, they show at the beginning that he comes from an old money family, and it's his birthday, and uh, he's unhappy because he's, you know, a, lo- a lonely person on, on their birthday. He's, he's living a life unfulfilled. Yes. So his brother gives him a gift to. A company that gives you... How do they describe it like? An experience. Yes. They, they want you to have an experience. Yes, that's... Uh, and like, does he get the key at that first? When he's visiting them, or does he get the key later? You think he gets the key later. Okay. He, he visits a company called Consumer Recreation Services. Um... And that's it's, it's difficult to talk too much about it because for one, it's very difficult to understand in the movie watching it where things start to happen. Like it's a very seamless transition into its thriller nature. Yes. Um, the one thing that I definitely definitely want to expound on, spoiler free, just because if this is all you're gonna all you're gonna listen to to decide whether you want to watch this movie or not, if for nothing else, you should absolutely watch this movie to see Michael Douglas in it. Like, watching him, and admittedly, he can be typecast, but... I mean, he definitely was typecast in this, I mean, based on Wall Street. But he dominates the role so well. He's a phenomenal actor. He's phenomenal, because his character ranges all over the place within the movie, and he's with it every step of the way. And when you're watching him at the beginning, you're just like, yes, Michael Douglas wants to fucking kill himself because he's unhappy. <laughs> like, like, he communicates that to me. No, like, that was the one thing I was like, like, I don't, I try not to talk too much when I'm watching movies with, like, friends as opposed to Julianne who just gets talked to. But, uh, 
But, like, that was the one thing I had that, like, when I'm watching it at the very beginning is I'm watching Michael Douglas go through his meaningless banker life. I'm just like, he's doing this so well. Like, he is just a man who's at once pathetically sad and just horribly pent-up angry. Yeah, it's the same guy that he plays in uh, Ant-Man. Well, pent-up angry. Yeah, I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. You, you might enjoy Ant-Man. But after, I'm more likely to watch it, but I'm, I'm prepared. I have my disappointment shields on. <laughs> I anticipate it just being not as good as it could be. It's, no, it's, it's a disposable popcorn film. Whereas I'm super excited about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But in any case. Well, that, that has a track record to go on. There's no real track record for Ant-Man to hmm. work with. I mean, the thing is that he pulls you out Edgar Wright and he left the film halfway through production. Um, just a fun fact on that, by the way, while we're on, 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 not a subject that we should be. Um, I was just reading an article today that basically said when they were writing Captain America Civil War, they had a stronger, like, they had a more of an introduction to the character of Ant-Man, like, mm-hmm. in his home area. Which ended up not being in the film. They didn't even film it. Like, they didn't film it. They just wrote it. And they, hence, like, someone asked, well, what was his life like? And they, they admitted, they're like, we got it wrong. They're like, we started writing this... Before Ant-Man? Before Ant-Man even came out. <laughs> and they're like, not not at all like it probably should have been. You know, that's actually that's kind of interesting. That, like, I, I like that that means there isn't as heavy a hand well, that's above the editor, above those films. Well, they had started writing it before... Edgar Wright left... Not only that, but before, like, before Ant-Man was even written. Because they were working on Captain America Civil War, aiming for Avengers 3. Okay. Because which, which they knew was going to happen, yes. so they had to, like, they had to aim for that movie, and that's just one of the paths they had to take, and it was happened well before. Like, I, I have no, no doubt that Captain America 3 was being worked on for quite a while. It's, I think that's, yeah, that's been, that's a linchpin. We're going to look at it as a, as a linchpin film in the Watch larger it. Marvel series. No doubt. But I hope, I hope Michael Douglas uh, did a great job in Ant-Man. He did. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think the man does it, but, you know, at this point, he's a concert professional. No, I mean, he's just fantastic, and it makes me want to watch other movies. I'm glad, I'm glad you're in the same boat. I'm like, I, you know, I've never seen Wall Street. And then we're seeing Wall Street. I might even watch Basic Instinct with this. I mean, that was Tim Ryder. I'm thinking of the other one. Kirk Douglas? No, I mean, I'm thinking of... Oh, no. Fatal Attraction. I think he was Fatal Attraction. No, we, we have the internet in front of us. We do. But let's keep talking about movies while we... Of course. Talk away on our, on our keyboards. Oh, fun fact. Um, Michael Douglas is from New Brunswick, New Jersey, so... He probably hates Rutgers. I probably left pretty soon. It's not like you agree now. Again... Not like he's from a poor family. No, but in any case, you're on it, so I'm going to talk. Um, in terms of it, though, it was a really solid movie. If you like a movie that keeps you guessing and that has a lot of weirdness to it, this is a movie to watch. It was nicely suspenseful, I imagine. I like to think that Vincenzo watching it was just a little skittish because they, they keep you guessing a lot. And there's a lot... Everyone has their emotions very close to the surface. Well, I mean, this isn't a film you want to get comfortable during. No, not at all. But, um... But, yeah. So, like, definitely watch this movie because it turns 
it, it's it's kind of sedate and it goes dark real fucking quick. And it's well worth watching at least once. Maybe like for you, for those of you who are more in Vincenzo's rewatchability scheme, I'm not thinking you're gonna rewatch it again and again in life. But it's definitely worth watching the first time. Even if you just, you know, just get it on your Netflix subscription or whatever. Get that. If it shows up on streaming, and I feel like it's one of those kind of films, it should. Yeah, everyone's, you might find it on Amazon instead of Netflix. Does, does Netflix actually, they still do DVDs, right? Uh, I think so. I don't, I don't have Haven't touched in years. I mean, I'll go to Redbox before I go to that. Well, the Redbox only cares newer stuff. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Um, <laughs> just to clarify something that's been going around the rumor mill. Uh, basic yeah. Instinct was the film you were, you were Basic Instinct, okay. Um, then was he in Fatal Attraction 2? You know what? Uh, let me check. Well, while you're doing yes. that. Yes. Okay, there we go. And that is on Amazon Video, as is, I believe, the game. Is it on? Is it? Okay. We're going to find out. Uh, oh. If you have stars. Ah, okay. So Netflix has um, made a deal with Disney. It is not as all-encompassing as the internet Wants is, it to believe. is squeeing about it's new. It's the new films, right? It's, it's new films in sixteen. Yes. So movies that came out in two thousand sixteen and on are going to be Netflix exclusive, and I think it's still like seven to nine months later. It's it's when you normally see them on TV. And it is absolutely, from what I understand, it's not just cartoons. It's everything in their wheelhouse, which means you're going to get all the Marvel movies and all the Star Wars. Yes. It's again. This is like when you'd see it on premium cable. Is you'll see it on Netflix instead. Right. But that's pretty fantastic. Um, even if you don't get the back catalog, and who knows, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I personally think that Disney's just waiting to put their own streaming service up, or just buy some, you know, just buy Amazon or something horrifying. That would be weirdly horrifying, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, did Disney know everything you buy? That would be, yeah, that's just par for Disney's course. Just yeah, like, um, hey, why do you want more cupcakes? We're just uh. Just coming closer and closer to dominating every aspect of your life. I mean, I think that's a line where they can't keep, where they legally can't keep buying things until they just, well, they already own a few senators, so. Alright, so the last movie that we reviewed is The Usual Suspects. It is a movie that has a strong ensemble cast, which makes it difficult to go through them all, but we'll try. We've got Stephen Baldwin, Gabriel Byrne. Benicio Del Toro, Kevin Pollack, uh, Kevin Spacey, and two people I don't really know, Chaz Palminteri and Pete Postelweight, something like that. Um, it's a, just a, it is a, how would you describe, what would the, what would the genre piece of this be? I would say crime film would okay. be the plot genre. Not a crime film. Tell us more. So, the way this film starts is we have Kevin Spacey char character who has some sort of a policy, I think cerebral palsy of some sort. He has something wrong. Yeah, there's that. something, a physical issue I, where his leg is twisted and his right. arm is in the wrong position. A tremor or something, it's, it's non-specified. So he's brought in to Chaz Palminteri, who is a detective in, um, I think it's L.A. in the film? Yeah, that's somewhere in California, at least. And they are investigating this big uh, crime that just happened. And they, you don't quite get an idea of it. Is it 
involving smuggling or drugs or people. Or... It's left. It's a movie that takes you to almost the very end and starts from there with the character retelling what happened. Yeah, the the movie and the story is changing as it's being told. Yes, and at, there are times where that change is drastic, and there are times where it's subtle, but it's still changing. Um, and this is, as we mentioned before, where you get the name Kaiser Soze in the group mind. Yes. And this was, this was I think, an early example of um, guerrilla advertising. They, they advertise heavily with the phrase, who is Kaiser Soze? Which really, to me, kind of, like, I, we'll talk about that later. The acting was really solid. The acting is phenomenal. I think Kevin Spacey, you know, I think deservedly won Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. But I my question is why is he supporting actor honestly in this film? Well, that's because I think I'm not positive, but I think in ensemble roles they're all supporting actors. Well, the thing is that the studio is submitting and the producers submitting. Well, I would guess into that category. I would guess that if they were putting someone forth as a lead actor. It would be Gabriel Byron. Yes. Because he really did take like a more forefront in this ensemble cast. It's kind of like how Ocean's Eleven has an ensemble cast, but your lead actors are going to be Pitt and Clooney. Yes. But this one, the way the story is told, like, I'm, it's even that he's labeled as a supporting actor, officially. Sure. Um, and really, there's just like... It's it's a crime movie, and this they're telling a story about a a ring of criminals. Yes, and they kind of and how their jobs escalate to the culmination of the movie, which is what um, Kevin Spacey's character is relaying. And there's not including Stephen Baldwin, who I've never had, I've never cared that much about the Baldwin brothers. I mean, I think he's the one you care that, you know, needs you to care the least about. Right. But there's not a person in this movie that doesn't just nail their role. Like, the... And I... I'm biased because I love Kevin Spacey. And I really love Kevin Pollock. <laughs> a lot. So I am biased in that, but I still think that, like, I'm, I could give or take Benicio Del Toro, and he did really well. And there's just a lot of that going around where the the acting was superb. And the writing. The writing really is, is I think, this is one, you know, the other two films are carried by the acting. Mm-hmm. This one, the two are in service of each other. More so, the other, more so than the other two no, that we're talking about. Each side compliments. The writing is superb and the actors take it to a new level. Like, this film wouldn't be remembered if it wasn't for both. Exactly. Like, it wouldn't be remembered as well. Any movie where you had these actors in this area, I think, would be remembered. I, I don't know about that. They're all very talented. They're all very talented actors, but it could be, you know, there are many, many films that kind of just get forgotten with strong ensemble casts over time. Well, I think Usual Suspects could, will still be talked about and discussed and studied 10, 20, 30 years down the road in you know, screenwriting classes like it is now. Definitely screenwriting classes because it's, um, it's beautiful in terms of 
dealing with the media res and that kind of like I don't know what the technicality of it's called, but like that telling the story from the end. But to I think the that's generally considered a silly media res a little bit. Well, in media res is you start in the middle and you move well, to me, the beginning. To me, in media res is is not about an entire thing. It's just you begin in the middle of the action. I, I think they're both still kind of considered the same form. I don't know, but if there's a movie out of these three, like if you came into this podcast and you're like, all right, but I don't have time to watch all these movies, I'll just watch one. This is the movie to watch. And it definitely has replayability value. I want to rewatch it again, having gone through the whole thing, and then watching it again to figure out... Yeah, I need this thing. I need to, I need to watch. This is the only one I want to rewatch again. Like, actively think, no, 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 no. This film will improve on repeated viewings. Yes, it's much like, oh, oh crap, what's that? Oh, what's Memento? Much like Memento, you kind of have to watch it more than once just to figure out what's going on. Yeah, like, you get, you need to do that first view to see what's going to happen, you know, to know what's going to happen, then you need to see mm-hmm. what are those Cause you're, pieces. Because having seen it the first time will remold how you're watching it the second time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good chance to... This is a good time to, you know, wave our magic wand and... I mean, I think I've heard also that this is the fellow who put Brian Singer on the map and... Mm-hmm. He now uses the that the, the police lineup for his, for his studio mm, uh, yeah. stinger now. Or at least as of uh, X-Men Apocalypse. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, I know that. I, I think that's new, at least now. But this movie budgeted at six million and brought in thirty four and, and way more. And I'm after. sure this is one of those films that they, you know, okay, I guess we'll make that. That worked, right? But again, he has put has put him on the map. With you know, five years later, he was doing he was a big part of why we have superhero films so much now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, you don't give someone X Men for no reason. No. But we're going to take a break now and come back with lots of spoilers. Yes. So go away, watch these movies, and then come back and see how badly we disagree with what you're thinking. And you're back. Welcome back. I know it's been a few weeks. Uh, You've been busy watching movies. I I get it. Uh, Life is tough. I mean, obviously, it's the summer. You went out. You wanted to go to the beach. You had... Cons to go to. It is the season. I mean, I'm sure Alan Mendez, you have, if you haven't seen these, I think these are all Alan Mendez movies, but you don't care about spoilers, so I know that. <laughs> so, so we're still here for you, Alan. There so you it's, go. it's a long drive down to Adam and X, and this is going to be out well after Adam and X is out, you know, happens, I'm sure. But there you go. But in any case, we're going to start spoiling you now. So we're going to start with Dickstown. Yes. We're going the exact same order we did before. Right. In case you missed it, this has James Woods, Louis Gossett Jr., and Oliver Platt. Guess how long that 10-minute uh, discussion that we were supposed to do was? I don't know, half hour? Yeah. There we go. 10 minutes of movie, right? <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but I knew, but, you know, I know how, how we do. I suspect that this will be about as long as that. I suspect it'll be of similar... Because, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about this stuff. The, we, we, the sting isn't necessarily... It's a big part of these movies, but it's not going to take a long time to talk about No. But Dickstown, I'm going to re- re- reiterate, it had really good acting and just a 80s action movie feel to everything. 
Not an action movie. AD, just like a... AD Sports. There you go. It was, it was a sports. It, it feels like a sports hustle. It, it feels like what it is. And I love a con movie, so... I love a good con movie. It's, it's a, and it's a, it's a good con movie. It's not a great con movie, but it's a good con movie. It is a good con movie. And I, I'll tell you what... It was weirdly seductive. Because I went in it going, Oh God, James Woods. Oh, God, we started in a prison, and everything seems low budget. And, and everything kind of was. It was. But it kind of just... it. It's a movie we don't have... Here's the thing. I, I bet this didn't work in the, when it came out. This was one of many things kind of like it. There were a whole bunch of, you know, low-ish budget films. But guess what? We don't, we don't have low-ish budget films that are... You know, they, they, can't, they can't go anywhere anymore. No. No, it's all indie stuff. In, in twenty sixteen, you don't. This is this doesn't exist anymore. This is refreshing. No, the low budget stuff, with, like the direct to streaming or whatever is. Eh. Or even even HBO films get like forty thousand dollar budget, thirty thousand dollar budget. True, there's very few low budget. Yeah, and I would say it's like I don't know when did Brick come out? Like two ten, twenty ten, twenty nine, twenty eight. I saw that in high school, so, so early. probably like oh four oh five. Yeah, that sounds. Like Right, right. I saw it in the theater, and I was here, so it's not too, too long ago. But still, that's still 10-ish years ago. And that was, like, a low-budget... Yeah. Like, but, yeah, you don't see that anymore. This this kind of film with... I mean, you still see it, but you have to, you have to hunt for them. Yeah. They don't make... They don't always make it to your... Because if they're direct DVD or direct streaming now, which indicates a low-budget, they're... Usually pretty fucking bad. I mean, the other problem is those don't always... Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't always agree with that. I think a lot of the HBO movies are pretty strong. Yeah, but I don't necessarily... Like, as we said, but again, that's, they're not low budget. They're, they're what used to be considered mid-budget. Which, again, also doesn't exist in theaters anymore. Or you're not going to hear about them, I mean... No, I mean, there are, we're, we're ignoring some important pieces. There are many movies that get released every week. And I don't necessarily... I agree, they're not necessarily low-budget. But they're not all blockbuster budget. Yeah. I mean, I guess Midnight Special is probably a close example of something that would fit into this category now. As far as... Midnight, I'm not sure. It's a movie that came out a few weeks ago. Okay. It's a little sci-fi piece. It's not bad. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. In any case, yeah, it felt low-budget, but it's slowly... To finish my thought, it slowly just pulled me in. Like, it just—I don't know. It was like it almost had like a like a quaint of mice and men kind of like just down home, going to a small town. It, it felt like a low budget roadhouse. Watch it. I don't know if it felt like a low budget roadhouse because roadhouse doesn't exactly strike me as high budget hey, other hey, than its town. That monster truck uh, scene where they turned all those cars—it was clearly a high budget scene. There's a helicopter in Roadhouse. I want to see, like, a... Don't you want to see a crossover movie? Like, I know it can't possibly happen because several people are dead, but... Well, how great would that be? Well, where Dalton has taken over the town and become the evil villain? Which is... And and he has to get hustled? Or where they work together to take over... he's part of the hustle? Right. I want to. I want to see that. You, yeah, no, you, you want to see this, but where James Woods, you know, can kick the shit out of Bruce Dern. <laughs> Bruce but Dern. like action, kick the shit out of him, not like dirty fights. Bruce Dern 
plays the best fucking bad guy. He, yeah, I, I like, I like, I like, I like villainous Bruce Barron. He's like creepy bad. Yes. He played essentially the same character in um, Hateful Eight. Which I didn't see. Oh, it's, you know, it's the longest movie of all time. It's not actually the longest movie of all time. Tarantino is very hidden in this movie. I love that we've come to know our audience well enough to just be like, wait, I'll correct myself before someone on Twitter does three weeks from now. <laughs> As you quickly went, no, 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 not actually the longest movie of all time. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to be inaccurate when I cannot be. Exaggerating for a phrase. I still, I like to be careful with that. Humor is humor is dangerous. Um, I liked the music, although it was not as mighty as I would expect out of James Newton Howard. I don't remember the music in this film. At, at, you know, I watched this two-ish weeks ago now. I think it wasn't. It wasn't worked too. It was not discordant. Like a little harmonica. Yeah. This small town. I love. By the way, I love Oliver Platt. He's fantastic. <laughs> There's nothing I've seen him in that I just don't go, I love Oliver Platt. <laughs> He's mighty. I particularly like, I, I, I remember him mostly from West Wing. Yeah, that's I think the thing. I mean, if you're on a TV show enough, you'll... But I feel like he might be a stage actor. I Maybe. I don't know what he's doing now. Oh, I have no fucking idea. But let's get back to uh, Digstown. Back to Digstown. Um, so, they set up their hustle. Uh, Still being in movies. Without. So, you have, that's the, that's the best part. You have James Woods, and you have Oliver Platt setting up their hustle. But they haven't actually gotten the linchpin, which is they need the, a boxer to fulfill the hustle. Which is, of course, Louis Gossett Jr., who... And this time, in 92, was still believably, like, could win a fight. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you're just supposed to believe, you're supposed to believe he can win, but that it will not be easy for him to win, because he's, it is, like, more person in his, like, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, at least. Um, keeping in mind that the whole, the whole bet is that he's going to beat 8 men or 10? 12. 12. I believe it was 10 or 12 men. So he's going to beat... A large amount of men, the best that their county has, in a 24-hour period. Fun fact, this this movie has two actors who have, who have voiced Hades in different things. Both Oliver Platt and James Woods have played Hades in different things. What what movie did Oliver Platt do then? Uh, in a direct-to-video Wonder Woman uh, voice. Oh, okay. He played Hades in that. Interesting. And James Wood always plays Disney's Hades. Yes. Like, he will do it for, like, even, like, interstitial things in small roles. He loves that role. That is his favorite role he's ever done, is, is Hades in Disney's Hercules. Interesting. The more I hear about James Woods, the more I like the him. The more you're disturbed by him? No, I like him. He sounds just like a, a really twisted kind of guy. He, he must be. So that's one of my favorite parts, is that they don't have Louis Gossett Jr. yet, and he plays him to get him. And Louis Gossett Jr., no, he's being played. He's being played, and he's still. That's how you know you're a good con artist when you can play someone, and they can know they're being played, but you know them so well it doesn't matter because you've set out the perfect bait, and he does, and chaos ensues, and uh, like this, 
the the tag isn't like the the what would you call it the shock the 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 twist yeah the the sting I'd almost say or something the sting on yeah the the sting isn't wowing it's not it it doesn't affect you know if you know you're not gonna hurt your viewing of the film it's a callback to an earlier thing they basically saying that even though Bruce Dern Bruce Dern right yes thinks. He has the one up them by gaming the rules where he had his sons sit out. So when it comes to the end of it, they haven't actually fought 12 men. So they get a. a where the 10 men haven't, or they have any line for the ring or considered any legitimate right. way of boxing. So, like, the. And they get the boxer that drove Louis Gossett Jr. out of the ring back in the day. Like, that's why. Well, that, no, no, that, that was the one who they thought was supposed to be the last fight. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. There was the one after that in the callback. You've seen it much more often than I've seen it. Just the one. Like, more recently, yes. And then, you know, you you do a callback to something that happened between Endern and Woods' first meeting, where you know that Woods has everything settled and the fight is thrown. And that's... it's It's a brilliant scene that you could totally... See coming. Yeah. Oh no, no no. You see you see it coming. It's like you know he's going to win. Like you know watching this movie that there's no way that the story's gonna be enjoyable if they don't win. But you really just be as an audience kind of upset if they lost. No, there's no way. Like this movie has cemented James Woods' character and all the plaid and all of that. The whole the whole game. Right. The whole game as the good guys. Everyone's a criminal. But, but they're, they're the good guy criminals. But they're doing it for, you know, Robin Hoodie reasons. Ish. Ish. Like, I, I think he wants money. <laughs> he's getting money out of it, but there's a bit of a sense that he's doing it for the little guy in a little bit as well. And this is just not the kind of movie that's going to squash the good guys. No. So you know they're going to win. And you don't really have a good idea of how. Like, it seems pretty set up, but you, you still know no matter what. They're going to win. Yes. And I, I think you, you know, thinking it's going to be a massive twist is, is kind of overselling it. It is a fulfilling moment for the audience, I think. Right. And it is, it is a surprise ending, just not, oh, it doesn't, like, huh. it, it doesn't change the, what you know, the movie. It's not like one of those knowing it, it wouldn't change the movie for you. No, it's just it it's would, still a climax. It would thing. lose the it would lose its punch. I mean, yeah. that's the problem. Not, <laughs> but 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 bum bum pun intended. Um, but yeah, so this movie has a runtime of ninety eight minutes. It fills it well, perfectly. More movie need to be that less. I'm gonna keep saying that until it happens. It that's all you needed. Um, you have a love interest that's not like dominating the movie, which is nice. Especially considering that his love interest lost her brother within the scope of the movie. She's probably not thinking a lot about romance. No, that is a blowjob, right? <laughs> no. We're going to pretend that we never reviewed that movie. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. And that's how we can stay partners. That's not going to happen. <laughs> In any case... Um, You'll hear the phrase beep beep revelation someday again. When, F- when the FP2 beats of rage comes out... I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch My Little Pony before I'll watch that. You, you heard it here first. 
In any case, uh, the con is almost complete. <laughs> oh, that would be classy. Um, but there's not too much more to say about no, it. No, again, it, it is a popcorn movie. You should definitely watch it once. Just don't like. I could see buying it if it was like five bucks. Yeah, just because if, like, if it's in a collection of six movies, with, just pass it around. You know, if, it's a, if it's in a collection of six other sports movies, I think which is probably the way that we watch it. Yeah, I think so. Moving on to the game. Yes. Which is a longer movie but at 128 minutes. Yeah. And again, fills it well. Um, why don't you take this one? Okay. Uh, what do you? Where do we want to go with this? Um. Well, so the big thing is that I guess that this movie is probing his life. It's probing his life. And I like how very quickly it goes from I'm having this adventure to oh fuck, oh fuck. My life, it's gone. Yes, they're stealing my life and these are bad guys. Yes, this is the 1997 film, The Game. I think if it was any other film... Which is over like game. five on the list. Yeah. Or something. And including some TV shows and other things. This did a box office of 109 million, but I'm not surprised considering that. The leaves. It's a, it's also a pretty strong film, and I can see it doing well. Uh, so, first, as I mentioned before, Michael Douglas is fantastic in this. He does so well at moving his character through the ups and downs that is this movie. And there's a lot more, there's a lot of downs. Yeah, it's a lot of downs. Just when you think it can't get more downy, you wake up in a coffin in Mexico. <laughs> it's, it's, apparently it was built as a pig on a Christmas carol. And I can see that. Yeah. I, I can see where it does that. I can, I can see that as a Christmas carol way more than I can see the FD's Rocky. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but it absolutely is. Because at the end, you do your culmination after a couple of points where you thought was the culmination. And you finally end it with what I think is the real culmination. I think so. I, think, I don't think it's going to pull an inception on us. Where it's just like, hey, surprise, it's your birthday party, and it's really your birthday party. No, you didn't shoot me dead, and all this stuff. Because... There's a lot of... We'll get to that. But... But so you have... Yeah, you have a culmination and he... He... Figures out, I guess, how to experience life better. Yeah, I think he goes... At the beginning of the movie when he meets his brother... He's kind of distant and cold and not receptive to him. Right. It, it reminds me of... Seeing people who have siblings who have drug problems or other, like, criminal tendencies. Because, like, you tend to... You see them tend to cut themselves off from those siblings until they're better, like, little better than strangers. So, like, there's obviously still some affection, but, but burn me once. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been burned by the younger brother. Mm -hmm. See, uh, let's talk about the younger brother, who must be a sociopath. <laughs> Because really, at the end of the day, this movie culminates in, in Michael Douglas shooting. Like, he thinks he's on, like, he thinks this whole, the place who did the game 
is evil and they tried to steal his money and he's going to take it out on him and he has a gun and everything. And then his brother comes out for the happy birthday and he shoots him because he's just geared to shoot. He's basically assuming that this is the end of it. Like, this is the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know he was shooting his brother. He just shot the first person that came out. And then, you know, like, they have the happy birthday signs and the champagne and they're like, oh shit. You, 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 you fucked it up. You ruined the surprise. Everyone's going to prison. You shot him. Oh my god. And then I guess they've done his psych, evalu- psych evaluation so well. And that's why, like, when I'm watching this, I'm doing a little talking in the beginning because it's just a bunch of really boring family video scenes yeah. where, like, you find out his dad committed suicide. So they decide he's going to commit suicide, and he does, and he jumps off the building, and they catch him, and they're like, just kidding, this is the real surprise, he didn't kill anyone. And I'm like, I would leave, like, that would be it. There would be lawsuits, and I would disown my brother, like, like the level of sadism involved in... Tricking me into believing I murdered you is so... So that's how I got in the podcast. Is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And I'm just... I'm watching this going, I would never speak to any of these people again. Thank God that some of them obviously had no idea what was going on. They just showed up for a party. Yeah, I think a lot of them didn't quite know exactly how deep they were in on this until... That last scene. Right. But it was just so odd. And, like, there's so many parts of this that you just have to completely suspend your disbelief that any corporation would get away with this. Oh, yeah, no, that that company, I don't know, A, where they got the money from for these things. I guess him at the end of the movie when he pays the bill for it. It sounds like it's a pretty steep bill. It's got to be. I figure it's, like, you know, mid to low seven figures. Absolutely. Like, there's, there's, there are definitely millions of dollars. Millions of dollars have been lost over the few days of this movie. Because just no, if nothing else, they put, a lot everybody. Of, they put a lot of legwork into uh, just performing all these tasks and having actors and renting apartments temporarily and all just, kinds of stuff. And tearing down, you know, offices and paying off police and politicians. Because yeah. lots of police had to have been paid off. Unless, unless they re- unless it really is just a big scheme for them to go steal his money. The entire time. We just don't see it until the end. No, 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 that's the bill. It's just his entire money. fortune. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'm paying it. Oh! <laughs> and then he just shoots himself, actually. Right. But no, like, that's my only real problem with the movie is getting to the end of it and being like, you're taking this really way better than I would. Again, if someone put you into a Christmas carol, you would hate them. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's one thing when the ghosts of past, present, and future just show up. Yeah, and, and then you wake up. And Marley set you up, because he's dead. Yeah. It's hard to be angry with and, him. And, and then you actually wake up, not, wait, 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 I've done all my normal life. You have driven me actually insane over the past four days. And is this my normal life? Will, will he ever be certain he's out of the game? No, I wouldn't be. <laughs> Because they, they have, like, filled his car with keys to, like, mess with him. At least they bred paranoia into it. Oh, yeah. Some of it was pretty interesting. Like, you knew there's a point where he comes to, like, the love interest. There's a point where he comes to her apartment, quote-unquote. And he noticed, like, he figures out that it's all, like, it's faked. It's not a real apartment. 
He's meant to. But even you, as he's going in, you're looking around as the viewer, and you're like, no, no, something's weird with her, and something's weird with this place. But they they take you on a nice stroll where you're just never quite certain how deep you're going. Like, you never know. You never know what's real, what's fake. Right. But you always have this hint of, maybe she's not involved anymore, mm-hmm. maybe we've left the game. Or how involved is she? Like, what's what's going on? Maybe she is just a random person on the street. Maybe she's not. And it's it's a deep fucking rabbit hole. It's a, it's a nice thriller. It is. I liked it. Um, I wouldn't watch it every year. No. But I'll watch it again sometime. It's a movie I'd show people. Like it's, it's worth... I think that yeah, this is a movie you want to show people to see. Which is, I think, how we wound up with it. Yes. someone really wanted us to see it. Like, that again, that's not a movie that's worth rewatching yourself to another, but you want to have people to talk about it with. Definitely. And it's the kind of movie where you don't want to talk about it about it with people who haven't seen it yet because you want them to what's see the point? it. Yeah, what's the point of that? So, but, um, just, also, Sean Penn did alright. I, I really detest Sean Penn, but he did pretty good in this movie. He's a horrible person. He is. <laughs> but that's the game. Moving on to the actual good movie. The crown jewel of these movies. They were all good. They are all good. This is great. The Usual Suspects. Alright, so, Let's just talk flat. Okay. I cannot speak for your experience, only for mine. But my experience in this movie was as soon as I saw... Like, not as soon. Like, I see Kevin Spacey. That's fine. But as soon as I saw him in the jail cell, which is really early in the movie, almost right away. But as soon as I saw Kevin Spacey in the jail cell... I immediately knew, knowing that there was a twist, that he was not who he appeared to be, and that he was more likely a mastermind than a... You knew there was something with him. Like, you didn't know if he was, like, you know, you know, you know he, he's not what he appears to be. No, and pretty quickly I figured out that he was, he was going to be the big boss. Yeah. Like, there, there were two ideas of either he's the big boss or he's the biggest enemy of the big boss. Right. The problem with this is it's not because the movie did poorly, and it's really not because I knew there was a twist ending, but it's because it's Kevin Spacey, and Kevin Spacey's fantastic, and I have, what was this done? This was done in 1995, so I have 30 years. 20 years. Thank you. 20 years of Kevin Spacey doing fantastic things to go back and go... Obviously, he's bigger than he seems. Right. Kevin Spacey is obviously not this mild-mannered little guy in this movie. He's bigger. And they... They only abuse me a couple times in that. Which is because... we Because Kevin Spacey is narrating, we have what you don't often see in narration films. We have an unreliable narrator. He's actively narrating lies. Yes. And that really fucks with you. Especially when you're like me and went, nope, Kevin Spacey's, he's more than he appears. And he goes out of his way to make sure that he's really not more than he appears. The story he is telling, he is never the the focus of that story he's telling. Exactly. And I just, there's a couple of brilliant scenes. One I think everyone's going to remember is this when he unpalsies himself. Yes. And just starts walking away. Like, he doesn't have a limp, his arm's fine, and he just starts walking away, showing that 
isn't he? Whatever else he is in the movie, he's a master actor. But the other part is, like, when the comp in that room figures out what's going on as he looks at all the little pieces that Kevin Spacey was just pulling from his, like, little things on his wall to tell, to weave his yarn. It was just completely amazing, like, that, like, just seeing where he got all the little... That, yeah, that, that, his story was total bullshit the entire time. Complete bullshit. And told well. And then it was, and that, not only that, all the things were in that room. All of them. Like, if you would have just looked around just a little earlier and paid attention... But he was so convinced that Kevin Spacey's character was just feeble and unimportant. Because that's how good of an actor he is in the yeah, movie. The, the character is that yeah, kind of an that's actor. that's how good of an actor the character is. He, he is... This has got to be one of his best roles ever. I think, you know, he wasn't necessarily off of the map before this one, but this elevated his career. And I lo- like... To, he, a, to a level. Let's... Make no mistake, while I think that he's just, like, the best thing since sliced bread, he's done some pretty crappy yes. roles. He, 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 he picks, he picks not, he doesn't always like the best things, but he and picks things he wants to do. As much as I like the Superman movie that came out in the 2000s, like, he plays, like, he, he, although I will say he does a really good job at playing, um, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, yeah. Lex Luthor. Well, he plays an updated version of that Lex Luthor. Yeah. As much as, he's sort of like everybody plays an updated version of. The previous character. Right. But it is Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. It's yes. very interesting to see that. Because he does it really well. But um, he's the best part of this movie, but the other actors are fantastic too. But that sting really is just what it, everything's centered around. And it's really hard to get to because I haven't had a lot of experience in movies with an unreliable narrator. There aren't. I, I expect narration to be reliable. Well, here's the thing, there aren't many. It's not easy to write well. No, not at all. And I don't feel like... I suppose it's not easy to write well in terms of, like... I could see if you had written more poorly, I would feel betrayed. It's kind of like watching a... or reading a Sherlock Holmes book and being like, well, he had more information than I had. Mm -hmm. I can't solve this. Because that's really what it is. He's telling you lies. You have no real way... Of being able to figure that out, other than your gut, it's all—it's it's impossible to solve factually unless you're like really looking. You know, I want to have to really look at this film. You have to really look at all. Like, are those details there? Do you have a chance to see them? Now, I definitely want to watch this again, just to just to watch it with that in mind. In fact, it's been long enough that I'll have to watch it, and then I'll have to watch it again, again. Yes. But that's the thing. This is this film. You know, I don't. Can't come to say how many levels there are, Mm-mm. and it's it's got a great cast. It's got just a really good uh, whoever did their on site stuff was really on top of their game because they have this they they take they do shots in New York they do shots in California and a couple different places, and it's really done well. It's no it's, it's there was nothing bad about this film. This this is the the crown jewel of the movie where we watch, which I think is amazing. At a six million dollar budget, mm-hmm. this is just a grossly underscored budget. I mean, we were looking at other other films. Digstown cost seventeen million dollars. Yep. The thing on this one though is everyone was impressed with Brian Singer's earlier work, mm. and they wanted to do this with him. Kevin Spacey took you know they all took great pay. 
they all took to the low, the lowest pay they can take within the union, within not equity, but um, Screen Actors Guild rules mm-hmm. to, to do this movie to work with Brian Singer, and that that's why this film was. And they had such faith in the director to make a good movie that they wanted to do this. No, definitely. And it's also... It's one of these weird movies where, like, Kevin Pollack is very unsung. You see him in stuff, but he never had really breakout roles. And he is really, really talented. You don't necessarily completely see it in this movie, but there's a good glimpse of it. But I think that's his sort of his talent, is that he's always sort of a... A he's great a, support. He's also, he's definitely a great support. And I I watched this movie and I realized that I would have loved 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 to be on set because you have Kevin Spacey who's a notable impressionist. Like he he um mimic. Mm-hmm. He does impressions of all kinds of people. And Kevin Pollock is probably equally as talented. And I can only imagine if those two got started with each other. Are they impossible to work with? <laughs> Really? I hate, I, I hate people joke around at work. <laughs> I think that it's probably more expected on set. Uh, yeah. I don't care. It's, it's business. You're there for, what, 14 hours a day? Yeah. You keep, you keep the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that would drive me nuts if I was at work. It probably, you know, I get the feeling that it would drove Nisa the Toro nuts, too. He sounds like a very much like you. Like, we do business, we get to work. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The way things should be. Whereas I think it would have been fantastic having Spacey and Pollock on set. Just got to shot them both. <laughs> a movie in a movie. But it's... Like, there's not a lot to discuss in this movie because each part of it is done really well. Would you agree? Yes. And it's just the experience of it. And I'm frankly surprised that either of us... I don't know how got both, we both far. missed it. This is I'm surprised you missed it. I'm not surprised that was myself. Yeah, it was more my time period, but that's not the kind of movie I was into then. Like, that was me in sophomore, junior? But I feel like at some point, if you just see this thing, it would have I've, I've had roommates, fluttered through. Like, my college roommate had a copy and everything, and it just never came up. For some reason, no one felt the, the need to like, force like, me to like watch. Like, this and They Live, I think, are the two ones that I'm most surprised that you haven't seen that we've done. Um, at least in recent, a quick memory of going back. I suppose. Like, I don't really... I'll give you that... If only because I attribute a lot of the movies you watch in this vein to the podcast. I think outside of the podcast, there's not enough time in the world. No, it's like not you much have time. different focuses. Yes. So, like, I think half the reason that we meet here every two weeks is so that you can watch shit like this. It helps me focus my my lasers. But um. But yeah, so. Uh, it's if you haven't seen this because you're like us and somehow it flew through your radar. You're you a bad person like we are. Yeah, and you should definitely, definitely watch it. It's pretty decent. It doesn't really have any triggers. Um, the scripting is fantastic. Like everything about this, I don't want. I, I keep on saying. I, 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 I think we we worn out the how good this movie is button. Right, and I hope we're not turning you off. By saying how good it is, but it is. I'm sure we rooted for someone. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll, you know. If, All right. If you're that douche, then fine. Don't which, watch which it. Which we are both that douche. Fair enough. Admittedly, no one got me to watch it by telling me how fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was a weird, they underscored it. Yes. 
But yeah, they, they put it with two, like... They were fine movies. They were fine movies, but they're not, you know... They're over, I want to remember Digstown because we did a podcast on it. It's, it's a different... This is a it's different, different strata. Yeah. It's, it's a hugely different strata. I would say the, the game is probably a nice mark between the two. Yeah, but even then, it's still... In the, I would say it's the same strata as, as Digstown. I wonder if the game costs as much as the movie costs to make, like, paying for the game. They don't say what the budget was, so I'll never know. No, no, that was, that was a documentary. <laughs> Michael Douglas and Sean Penn are actual brothers. I didn't know that. No, I'm kidding. No I'm sh- kidding. No shit. <laughs> so they know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, that's, that's a documentary. The game was a documentary. But, um, so, watch it, please. Yeah. Just ignore the fact that we said fantastic probably once a minute. Yeah, that's the uh, drinking game for this podcast episode is uh, us, you know, giving blowjobs to the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> the DVD right. game. It's a really weird image. I just pictured... Now, there's a lot of ugly men in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of... It is, a, it is an ugly, ugly cast. <laughs> They're not pleasant to look at. But in any case, um, so that's that. Uh, if our release schedule... Is a little sluggish over the next month or so. You'll forgive us. It is anime next season. And we're recording half as many episodes as we normally do in the next few weeks anyway. So True enough. We're, we're trying some new stuff. Hopefully next. you notice no difference at all in my, in our already sloppy release schedule. There you go. I don't actually pay attention, so... Oops. In the meantime, what? Uh, I can't listen to this. Okay, you'd be surprised. I think you'd, you'd be surprised how good you actually are. I, maybe, but I could not listen to my voice. I tried. I, I, I'm I, like, oh, God, who is that? <laughs> what is this ghoul creature who's talking to Vinny all this time? <laughs> but uh, hopefully you don't notice, but we have con season. We have animatics coming up. We have Dexcon coming up. Yeah, this is, I got about a con a month for the uh, rest of the summer. And we will work accordingly, but you know we're pretty good about it. Yeah, stuff. you'll get reviews of uh, Dexcon, to be sure. Absolutely, and we've got a couple of surprises that hopefully we can pull off. Hopefully those surprises happen. If not, they were never hinted at. Do not think about surprises. Or, it is illegal. Or there'll be something way different than we actually planned it to be, and uh, we'll retcon that. We'll just be like, surprise! Glitter! Surprise! It was always a game. <laughs> but in the meantime... I still don't know what I'm going to give you for the delve, so I'm going to tweet it later. Because okay. I don't want to be rushed into this decision. Because I swear to Christ, there's something you're supposed to watch. And I don't want to pass up this opportunity. You need to write it down in your hand. Or build an episode around that thing when you figure it out. Oh, it's there, it's out there. It's something I really love that you've never seen. Ooh.